Happy Monday. It is May 18th. We've got lots to do this week. Um, let's see, let me look at my notes. Yeah, we've got... Well, we're going to learn about some people we've already covered, and we're going to learn some new... Learn about some new people. Um, we're going to continue working on our... Uh, project. We're going to expand that a little bit, and we'll do some more more uh, math this week. But it is May 18th, and uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, well, the fact that I know that some people at home are celebrating the month of Ramadan. Maybe some of you know what that is, maybe some of you don't. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, uh, I wanted to remind us, I forgot that we talked about Wangari last week, and remember, she's the woman that planted millions of trees and started the Green Belt Movement, and she won a Nobel Prize and everything, but she also is the author who wrote that story. I believe she's the author. Yeah, it was that book I read to you, uh, the story about the little hummingbird in the forest, and when there was the forest fire. And if you remember... Uh, the fire caught, the forest caught on fire and all the animals were scared and they were running away and flying away and then this little hummingbird could be seen swimming from the pond back to the forest fire and dropping one drop of water on the fire at a time. And all the other animals were like, hummingbird, what are you doing, you silly little animal? And the hummingbird replied, I'm doing what I can. And remember, that, that was the... The point of the whole her story was that we might seem small and inconsequential or like we're not making a difference, but all we can do is do all we can because we got to be like the hummingbird. So that was I thought that was a like, nice little story about doing all we can. And you know, this time for some people, it's harder than others. And some days are easier than others for all of us, I'm sure. And it, it got me thinking that we've got a couple weeks of school left. And to make it through, I thought we would, you know, we're going to need a little bit of perseverance. And that means we got to stick to it, just keep going. Who knows what our summer break's going to look like, but at least it won't be the same thing we've been doing for the last couple months. And now, you know, we're starting to be allowed to go outside a little bit more and... I think that's okay as long as we're safe and smart about it. We keep our distance. We keep washing our hands, wear masks when we're around people. But we still got to be persevered, get through this before. Yeah, so we don't uh, <clears throat> don't go crazy. <laughs> so this story is a story about, yeah, maybe having a little hardships, but persevering kind of. All right, uh, this is called... Uh, chair for my mother, which we just had Mother's Day too, so I wanted to just touch on this a little bit. Here we go. It goes like this. My mother works as a waitress in the Blue Title Diner. After school time, sometimes I go to meet her there, and then her boss, Josephine, gives me a job too. I wash the salts and peppers and fill the ketchups. One time I peeled the onions for the onion soup, and when I finish, Joseph Josephine says, Good work, honey. And pays me. And every time I put half of my money into the tip jar. Into the jar, not the tip jar. 
It takes a long time to fill a jar this big. Every day when my mother comes home from work, I take down the jar. My mama empties all her change from tips out of her purse for me to count, and then we push all the coins into the jar. Sometimes my mom's laughing when she comes home from work. Sometimes she's so tired she falls asleep while I count the money out into piles. Some days she has lots of tips. Some days she only has a little, and then she looks worried. But each and every single shiny coin goes into the jar. We sit in the kitchen to count the tips, and usually Grandma sits with us too. While we count, she likes to hum. Often she has money in her old leather wallet for us. Whenever she gets a good bargain on tomatoes or bananas or something she buys, she puts by, uh, she puts by the savings and they go into the jar. <clears throat> when we can't get a single other coin into the jar, we are going to take all the money and go buy a chair. Yes, a chair. A wonderful, beautiful, fat, soft armchair. We will get one covered in velvet with roses all over it. We're going to get the best chair in the whole world. That is because our old chairs burned up. There was a big fire in our other house. All our chairs burned. So did our sofa and so did everything else. That wasn't such a long time ago. My mother and I, we were coming home from buying new shoes. I had new sandals. She had new pumps. We were walking to our house from the bus. We were looking at everyone's tulips. She was saying she liked red tulips, and I was saying I liked the yellow ones. And then we came to our block. My mother. Oh, right outside our house stood two big fire engines. I could see lots of smoke. Tall orange flames came out of the roof. All the neighbors stood in a bunch across the street. Mama grabbed my hand and we ran. My Uncle Sandy saw us and ran to us. Mama yelled, Where's Mother? I yelled, Where's my Grandma? My Aunt Ida waved and shouted, She's here, she's here, she's okay, don't worry. Grandma was alright. Our cat was safe too, though it looked, it took a while to find her. But everything else in our house was spoiled. What was left of the house was turned to charcoal and ashes. We went to stay with my mother's sister, Aunt Ida, and Uncle Sandy. Then we were able to move into the apartment downstairs. We painted the walls yellow. The floors were all shiny, but the rooms were very empty. The first day we moved in, the neighbors brought pizza and cake and ice cream, and they brought a lot of other things, too. The family across the street brought a table and three kitchen chairs. The very old man next door gave us a bed from, his children, from when his children were little. And my other grandpa brought us a beautiful rug. My mother's other sister, Sally, made us red and white curtains. Mama's boss, Josephine, brought pots and pans, silverware, and dishes. And my cousin brought me her own stuffed bear. Everyone clapped when my grandma made a speech. You are all the kindest people, she said, and we thank you very, very much. It's lucky we're young and can start all over. That was last year, but we still have no sofa and no big chairs. When Mama comes home, her feet hurt. There's no good place for me to take a load off my feet, she says. When Grandma wants to sit back and hum and cut the potatoes, she has to get as comfortable as she can on a hard kitchen chair. So that is how come Mama brought home the biggest jar she could find at the diner, and all the coins started going into the jar. Now the jar is too heavy for me to lift down.
Uncle Sandy gave me a quarter, and he had to boost me up so I could put it in. After supper, Mama and Grandma and I stood in front of the jar. Well, I never would have believed it, but I guess it's full, Mama said. My mother brought home little wrap paper wrappers for the nickels and the dimes and the quarters, and I counted them all out and I wrapped them all up. One of my mother's day oh, on my mother's day off, we took all the coins to the bank. The bank exchanged them for $10 bills. Then we took the bus downtown to shop for our chair. We shopped through four furniture stores. We tried our big chairs and smaller ones, high chairs and low chairs, soft chairs and harder chairs. Grandma said she felt like Goldilocks in the Three Bears trying out all the chairs. Finally, we found the chair we were all dreaming of, and the money in the jar was enough to pay for it. We called Aunt Ida and Uncle Sandy. They came right down in their pickup truck to drive the chair home for us, and they knew we wouldn't wait. We couldn't wait for it to be delivered. I tried out our chair in the back of the truck. Mama wouldn't let me sit there while we drove, but they let me sit in it while they carried it up the door, up to the door. We sat in the chair right beside the window with the red and white curtains. Grandma and Mama and I all sat in a while. Aunt Ida took our picture. Now Grandma sits in it and talks with people going by in the daytime. Mama sits down and watches the news on TV when she comes home from her job. After supper, I sit with her and she can re reach right up and turn out the light if I fall asleep in her lap. There you go. So they made it. They had a fire at their house, and they lost everything. And then they persevered. They stayed true. They saved every little coin from her job at the diner. And then they were able to finally get the red, or the, yeah, the lovely red chair for their mom. <laughs> a chair for mom. There you go. Um, so that's about a girl who helped her mom, and she was. Uh, they were able to get a comfortable house back from all their neighbors chipping in, being really kind to them. And just like their community, we have to be kind to all our neighbors right now. There are people out there who are having a real rough time. So if, if you see anyone that can, if, if you could help anybody in any way, just try to think of ways that you can see people need, need help, little assistance, and we can all figure out ways to help each other because we are all one community and we have to stick together to get through this right now. And... All right, that brings me to another person I wanted to talk about. Uh, since it is Ramadan right now, I mentioned that earlier, I know some people in our class are actually celebrating Ramadan, or their families are, or people in their families. And uh, it is a special time of the month for people who are Muslim. And so this time of the month, they fast, which means uh, during the day they don't eat food and... Uh, yeah, it's just a special holiday. I don't want to get too into it, but because of that, it's going to be ending soon. And that was made, made me, reminded me of a person that I wanted to mention from earlier this year. We talked about, uh, I don't know if I mentioned or not, but there is a woman whose name is Fat. I'm going to say these probably not right. <laughs> Fatima Alfiri? Uh, yeah, Fiori is how I would guess to say it. And the reason I wanted to mention her is because we've talked about Ruby Bridges last week, and then we talked, uh, heard the story about the other Ruby who was living in China where girls couldn't go to school. And she worked double hard, 
did all the jobs that the girls were expected to do, but she also studied with all the boys, and she was finally able to go to university. And that made me think, aha, I remember a story about another person and a university. So this woman was not always a woman. She was a girl. She was born in, uh, where was she born? I think in Morocco. Anyways, she was born sort of in the Middle Eastern area of the world. And so at the time, she was born to, her father was a very rich merchant. And at the time, uh, she, yeah, so she, she was the daughter of a very rich merchant guy. And say they moved to a town in Morocco, in Fez, Morocco. And later her father passed away. And so she inherited a lot of her money. Now, people at the time in this area, and possibly, yeah, I mean, true, true to this day, just like people who are celebrating Ramadan now, they were uh, very religious. That a lot, Most people were extremely religious at, in this place, and so was Fatima. And so her, when her father passed away, she got all of his money, or not all of it, but a lot, and so her idea was, well, I will start a mosque for the people. And so she took her money and she built a beautiful mosque where people could come and they could study the Quran and learn about, yeah, they started learning about the religion of Islam. And pretty soon, uh, Fatima was thinking, well, this is great, but I think people should not just study the Quran, they should study other things too. And so they began to expand the, what they taught at the school. And soon they were teaching math and they were teaching grammar. And then they started teaching music and medicine and astronomy. And this is all over a thousand years ago. This is in 859 AD. So this is, yeah, uh, yeah, like pretty close to like 1,000, almost, yeah, 1,000, over a thousand years. And... So then, in this one place that all these religious people were coming to, then there were people coming to just study math, there were people studying language, pe- people studying music, medicine, science, and the, yeah, at this time, this is when they started learning about the stars and really knowing the patterns of the stars and all of that, and math at this time, they were coming up with new mathematical concepts that we still use today that were discovered in this place, so, uh, and it's called the University El, ooh, I'm not going to say this right, the University of al Karawian, something like that, and so it is actually the first university in the entire world, and so after Fatima, who she kept going to, she lived there for her entire life, and up, up until her very old, uh, later years, she was still going to the university and attending lectures, listening to people talk, and learning new things. So she was a lifetime learner. And her school that she started was the first university in the entire world, and it was about a 100 years later that they formed or founded Oxford in England, which is kind of like the first Western school, but that was based off of how the school that she set up, which I think is amazing because universities are, we couldn't, our society would be so not okay if we didn't have universities. And right now our schools, because of this whole thing, people aren't 
able to go to classes, which means they're not paying money, which means the schools are worried about they don't know what to do. And so just for, at this time in history, it's so important that we remember what, his, uh, what learning does for us, what school does for us, and what universities are, how important all of this is. Even though we're sitting in our houses right now, uh, we, it's so, so important that we continue to learn, continue to go to school. So that was what I wanted to convey to you guys today. So her name is uh, Fatima Alfiri. She started the first university in the world. So cool. <clears throat> so for our picture, I in our main lesson book today, I did do a drawing of the University Al Karawin in Fez, Morocco. And you can see below on my picture the first yeah that I I forgot to do a border on my picture today. <laughs> Silly. Sometimes you forget things. Anyways, so I started out with um my green square crayon. I started out with a triangle kind of like the little rooftop here in the middle. So I started off with my green pyramid or triangle. Just lightly doing it with my square crayon first. And then below that I did it I used brown at first and then I switched to regular orange. So I kind of did down coming down this the wall of the Mosque coming down in brown first, and then below that, those four skinny columns, I just used the, kind of turned my crayon sideways, so it's like a half of mommy bear, and I did both those down to about two inches above the bottom, so then you get your four columns there, and your pyramid on top, and then I used orange for the bottom uh, part of the walls, so then I did the swooping part of the column first. So I made my columns up with just kind of a light line. And then once I had the that line in, I kind of filled in the sides with my orange. And then above the wall, the arches, I did some more green for the roof that kind of extends to the left and right. And after I did my roof and I got my walls and my arches for the columns, from the columns, uh, then I did, uh, there's a little fountain at the very bottom. So I used my orange to make an oval shape and then I kind of filled in the bottom part just a light outside line and then fill it in and then I did blue for the water of course and then at the real um, school or the temp uh, the mosque they have a really really amazing floor tiles that are like so like a really tricky intricate pattern really complicated pattern so um, I, the best I could do was just using my green I did sort of alternating kind of a checkerboard. So I just did one row going dash, 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 dash. And then I left little white, you know, blanks. And then I went one more call, one more row above that, just putting green where the white is below. So it's just alternating sort of to give it kind of a tile look. 
And then, because our mosque is dark inside, I did purple to fill in our arches and the space in between the columns. And then finally, I used my blue to fill in the sky, and that is it for our picture for the day. Okay, well, um, yeah, we sh could be switching to Google Classroom this week, depending on how everybody's access and whatnot, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I will let you know about that the more I know about it as the week goes on. Okay, uh, have a great day. I look forward to our lessons for the week, and I will talk to you guys soon. I'll see you at our Zoom meetings on whatever day we have it this week. All right, see you later. Bye.